Hey everyone, I am Jay. Welcome back to the Whiskey Raiders podcast. I'm Jay from Whiskey Raiders. As always, I have three bottles of whiskey here in front of me. I have John on the other line, which tells me it is time for us to drink and talk about spirits. Uh, we've got a really interesting lineup tonight. This is the first time we're staring it down in this format, but it is not the first time that we've received these whiskeys um, in kind of their spiritual successor, but we'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, how are you doing, John? I'm doing very well. I am, uh, I mean, probably obviously at this point, already trying to get into the whiskey while you're talking. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been well. I'm excited about getting some more recordings together. We had uh, a little bit of a break there, hiatus between seasons, uh, a lot of a lot of more travel than I really care for, if we're being totally transparent, uh, because any travel is more than I care for. As we uh, dig into these products here, we've got like a pretty beefy tasting. So I'm really excited to discuss this. And there's like a lot of pieces to this puzzle too, I feel like. Definitely. There is a lot going on. And so this is definitely a good one now that we're back. I'm just going to call it Spirit Spring Break. Like we were on Spring Break and we are back. And unfortunately, even though we were on the road, the mail did not stop coming. So if you're looking for uh, more in kind of the the mailbag, which is comments from you guys. We've got more of that content coming out soon. If you're looking for just things that showed up in our mailboxes, uh, we've got plenty of that coming on too. But usually bottles arrive one at a time. Every now and then we get bottles two at a time, but it's very rare we get bottles three at a time. And that's exactly what's happened here. So Traverse City Whiskey Co. has sent us their sherry barrel finish port barrel finish and cab franc barrel finished uh, whiskeys, presumably. It's kind of tough to say because they don't say it anywhere on the front, but all three are here uh, and I'm ready to dive on in. Yeah, I'm ready to dig into. Uh, I guess the first thing I'll mention is that I thought the packaging on these was actually really neat. Oh, yeah. uh, three boxed products, individually boxed, and with artwork that flows from one box to the next, depending on the orientation of them. So you put all three together on the shelf, you get this fancy, nice looking, cool picture out of it. I thought that was a nice touch. And then you pop it open and it's a totally different chunk of glass. than I feel like we've seen from uh, TC whiskey, which is pretty cool. Uh, and then I kind of like start digging into the labels and I'm like, where the fuck does it tell me what this is? Is this <laughs> bourbon? Is this rye? And then as you go through the front of the label, it tells you that it's a sherry barrel finish, which is great. And then you kind of say like, okay, I have the proof. I have how it's finished. And then on the back in small text, it lets you know that it is straight bourbon whiskey finished in a seasoned sherry cask, which, okay, now we have finally solved the last piece of that puzzle. We know what we're about to drink. I've been nosing this a little bit. Um, we can dig through these like all at once or we can sip through them. I mean, I'm going to sip through them all anyway, or uh, we could try to line them all up for one big final thought, like however you feel it could be the most entertaining and fun and delicious. Yeah, let's go ahead. We'll take these one by one, and then we'll circle back and kind of rank them. Um, I share the same... I think that this is actually the same glass that they use for their bottles, but they took off like that faux metal plate that used to be there. Mm -hmm. And like instead of being all paper and like faux metal plastic that was like adhesive, like it adhesively joined to the bottle, uh, now it's it's way cleaner. It, it's, it's bright white writing on the dark whiskey with some nice stuff. But yeah, I mean... At Sherry Barrel Finish on the front, we see that it's 47.5% ABV. I really thought they were going to give it to us in the tiny text below that, but it just tells me it's a, uh, a limited edition Barrel Finish series. So that's cool. That's right. uh, we like a limited edition here. Uh, we're no stranger to Sherry. One thing I do want to call out before we get into drinking is there's an interesting level of transparency 
from Traverse City here, and you may have missed it because I can think of maybe only one or two other brands who have ever put this on their label. And what they're telling us is that this is a seasoned sherry cask. And what that means is that that cask came over, um, you know, uh, probably from like War of Spain um, and, and, and came on over and it was a sherry barrel at one point, but it got a little dry. It wasn't a freshly dumped cask. So what they did was they went ahead and seasoned it, or they might have, uh, what we also call in the industry is recharging it or charging the barrel. And that's taking a different kind of sherry, presumably that they purchased here, uh, you you put a bunch of it in the barrel, you roll it around, it really kind of rehydrates the barrel, gives it some life, gives it some sherry back in the wood, and then you dump that out and put your whiskey in. So we don't know who made this because it just tells us it's produced and bottled by Traverse City, which is not a distilled by. Uh, we don't really know the kind of sherry, I don't think, but correct me if I'm wrong, but we do know it was a seasoning sherry. The casks are PX. Okay. So they tell us what it was originally. Correct. We know that this is a 36% rye bourbon and that this is a PX cask, but we don't necessarily know how it were, how it would have been seasoned and they do not disclose the state of distillation. Okay, so this is a real Cotton Eye Joe. Like, where did it come from? Obviously, I guess we know where it went because it's here. But um, 47.5%, that's an interesting proof, but I think it's as good as time as any to dive on in. What uh, what are you tasting so far? Yeah, so right on the nose, I noticed, um, holy fuck, a lot of sherry. (laughs) It's right there. It's very present. Uh, A lot of of fruitiness. Uh, um, Almost cloying, like a real hit of sweetness that I wasn't quite ready for. Uh, there's a, like a little background of nuttiness in there too, which is a good bit of balance for that. But yeah, it's a little spicy, a little nutty, but a, a ton fruity and plenty of sherry right up front. Yeah, I could not agree more. It, the, and it's an interesting sherry profile. It's not just pure berries or that nuttiness or like kind of that big toffee note that comes with blackberry and currant and stewed fruits. It's it's like a kind of a funky, drier, more earthy, like a morello mushroom note with a little bit of like jammy fruits and black brain fig and stuff in there. Um, the palate is what's interesting for me is it, it does have a pretty rich nose, but on the palate, it tastes young like right away. Like the sherry yep. dries up almost immediately, which is really fascinating to me. Yeah, it is. There's a little bit of like this background of kind of like waxy vanilla bean in there, but it's also there is like this snap of like youth to it. Not like in a super off-putting way, but like it's, boy, it almost feels disjointed. There, there's like a lot of kind of getting pulled in a few directions on this, and I'm having a hard time saying that I totally enjoy it. I, I'm, I'm right there with you. The, the nose is like big and rich, and that earthiness that I love in cherry. The palate is, is kind of muted and young, and it is a little bit hot for forty-seven and a half percent. You know, it's not, it's not like a big punchy proof, but. It's definitely a little hot for that. What's interesting to me is that the finish goes back to just like straight cherries and raspberries. Um, and then it just drives right off. Like this thing, this thing rolls with a, a pretty straightforward Irish goodbye. Like nose, palate, gone. Bam. Yeah. Yeah. It's very um almost truncated, which I'm not super complaining about. Like again, and I'm being a little bit critical of this one because the way it treated me on the nose kind of <laughs> turned me a little bit sideways, but I mean, overall, this is not awful. This is something that definitely, if you had the right mood for something like this is an, an itch scratcher in so many different ways. Yeah, I'm with you. And and I have to say, like, 
I do like the redesign. Like I appreciate that like this is a very thoughtful packaging, very thoughtfully produced. And and what we'll get to it in a little bit. We see a lot of sherry import. We don't see a lot of Cab Franc. And I think that that's a really interesting wine and very cool and indigenous here in the US. But what's it's just, yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of disjointed. Like you sign up for one thing and then you get a couple of different experiences. And if you don't like all three of those experiences, nose, palate, finish, which are all very different from each other, you know, it's going to be tough to kind of enjoy universally. So I think that that's probably a good one to move on to our next bottle. Yeah. Bourbon. I'm, I'm already on the, oh yeah, this one is also bourbon. So this is the, a 21% rye recipe bourbon that may be familiar uh, this, okay. Again, just like the other, it is five years old, then it's rested for nearly a year. And this is in Ruby Port. Oh, okay. So we're moving on to the port. Um, Correct. I was confused because I was going to go with the next highest ABV, which is the Cap Frank, but that's actually a rye. Correct. But we'll go with the 50% ABV port. And I think it's interesting, like, why won't they put the the ages on the label? Just throw it on there. Yeah, it's strange to include all that in the press information and not just give it to the consumer in a very easily digested way. Like tell them on the front, like in text, that is at least the same size as the word barrel finish if it's bourbon or rye. Right. And and then let them know what the hell it was aged in, how long. Like it just, I don't know. I, I'm a little bit curious about that. I, I think it's a very clean packaging. It looks nice, but it's not incredibly informative to the to the potential buyer. Right. I mean, like 10% of the press reads a press release. I have to imagine like, half of a percent of the general public reads a press release. Like this should this is just like very basic stuff where I and I get it, some brands don't make the info like the age available. But if you're going to make it available via press release, like just throw it on the bottle. Put it on there. There's plenty of room. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's more than enough real estate on there to get that done. I'm with you. On the nose on this, I feel like it's a good change. So this for me, like right off the bat, I'm getting like a cool kind of like orange blossom sort of vibe to it. Um, almost like I, I have a feeling that there's something in there you're going to say. So I'm going to totally dodge saying that, but I'm going to <laughs> say that I feel you're like trying this, to read my mind. Oh boy. This is like a little bit on the uh, sort of like a, not quite sangria, but like you get these like cool kind of like cherry vibes, some orange, some nectarine. Like there's a, a good level level playing field of fruity sweetness that's not overpowering. Man, so quick story time. This reminds me of something from my youth. Well, I guess I'm still young. I'm still in my youth, maybe? Young enough. Um, Okay, young enough, youth enough. But in my youthier days, uh, when I got to university, one of the very first things I discovered was a hostess fruit pie. And that's because they were uh, redonkulously inexpensive at the corner store. Um, and it was basically just a small piece of pastry that was full of all of this fake fruit, but it tasted amazing uh, to an eight-year-old or you an eight-year-old maybe on the inside, eighteen-year-old. Okay, um, all right. You know, I had just signed a huge amount of student loans, so maybe I was really an eight-year-old. But um, to an eight-year-old, it tastes pretty good. It was, it was just pure sugar. This has this big bold cherry nose. It reminds me of cherry syrup, but not in a bad way. It's not cough syrupy. Right. It's really. I, apparently I still have that sweet tooth as a much older person, but it tastes like, on, uh, or it smells like on the nose, like it's just big and rich and sweet. And there's just so much cherry and a little bit of orange. Like this is just pure fruit. It's a fruit explosion. It's just a pure fruit hat on the nose. Definitely a fruit hat. Yes. And as opposed to other things that we have tried that were like a fruit hat that was on fire and you're also on fire. 
<laughs> this is actually, I feel like pretty well balanced. It's nice. It's got good layers of sweet to it. There's a dash of spice. It kind of picks up the back end a little bit. I really dig the offset of citrus in there with the other sort of mm -hmm. darker uh, cherry notes and some of the other stone fruit notes that are in there with it. Like it's kind of like apricot jam vibe too. I thought right off, like one of the first times that I rolled this with the glass, I was like, you know, this kind of gives me a little bit of that peach rings note that Jay always oh. picks out of stuff. And I was like, fuck, I can't say it because he's going to say it. And you didn't. So I got to say peach rings and I thought that was cool. That, that's totally fitting. And I think the only thing that distracted me from peach rings was Hostess. Hostess fruit pie. I don't even know if that's the right brand. I, like, know, what you're, I know what you're talking about. My is it body a hand pie or is it in a little tin? No, no, it comes in a little like white and blue, like paper wrapper. Yeah, yeah, the hand pies. Yeah. yeah, I think I think you're right. I think those are hosted. I mean, I'm not like super checked out on like weird packaged pastry shit, but I think right. I know what you're talking about. I know there's another one too that they come in like a little tin. Um, and those are also like little fruit pies, which I think are like another level of gross in, in like the same way. Like they're both like kind of gross and weird in their own ways. But this one is like comes in a mini pie tin. Yeah, it's just an egregious amount of sugar. Um, oh yeah, you could get diabetes <clears throat> off of one of those. Right, so it's it's really no surprise that my body, including my brain, has has just completely repressed that discovery for the sake of you know my um, was it endocrine system? Sure, whatever creates I'm not insulin. A fucking doctor, dude. <laughs> we're we're getting we're, we've turned into like the hostess Raiders podcast. We got to get back to whiskey here. So, anyways, the port barrel finish, I I like it. I like it so much more than the sherry barrel finish. I'm still kind of blown away that this is five years old because I've tasted stuff that's three and four years old from other distilleries that I think is just so much more complex and full-bodied and interesting. And that's a weird thing to say about three and four-year-old whiskey. But the port barrel does a really good job on the nose here. Palette still not super my favorite. Like this is the most integrated so far of the two. Like it feels like a combination of port and whiskey. It's not just like someone slaps some port on whiskey and like, let's go. Um, and the finish, the finish is actually pretty respectable. I enjoy the finish. It seems pretty put together. It's not too hot. Um, and it's full of, of big notes I love, like cherry and blackberry and, and a little fig jam. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. I like damn near everything about the nose and the finish as well. The palette, I feel like, is whereas the sherry finish, I, f I felt like, was some uh, one-way, one-lane streets that were going opposite directions. You had Ooh, sherry, like sherry in one and whiskey in the other. I feel like this is a two-lane highway, right? Like the, the traffic is at least on the same thoroughfare, which is nice. Uh, things are working together in a good way. And I kind of dig the, I think of all of the things about this, all the pieces here, the nose alone just brings so many cool notes to it that I really dig that. That's sort of my my peak experience from the port finish. Okay, that's fair. I uh, I like the word trending upwards here, at least, you know, for now, although we're about to completely switch varietals from bourbon to rye. So I think, what stats do we have on the Cab Frank finished rye here, my friend? So the Cab is a 100% straight rye, again, five years old, and also rested for nearly 12 months in the Cabernet Franc barrels from an artisan northern Michigan winery. Everybody mm. knows which one we're talking about, right? I'm totally making that up. I have no fucking clue. <laughs> Uh, okay, cool. I was going to be like, you drink so much less wine than I do, and I don't know who it is. And so I was like kind of frantic for a sec, but okay. I might drink cool. more wine than you, but I just drink a much tighter selection of wine, and it's usually only shit that I've asked you, is this the one I want? Like, you know what I like. Do I like this? And you'd be like, buy that. Yeah, we, 
Yeah, I guess I'm more of a jukebox, and you're more of like John's greatest hits. That's true, and, and like track seven in particular. <laughs> That's really great. Um, for those of you listening at home who don't know what Cabernet Franc is, it's basically uh, some people call it Cab Francs, other people call it Cabernet Franc. It's one of the big major grapes. It's grown uh, nearly in the same volume um, as Cabernet Sauvignon and maybe Merlot. I think Merlot is pretty big up there as well. So this guy is mostly used in blends. It's a very regional grape. It's a big, bold grape. There's plenty of sugar to work with, which makes it easy to grow in more interesting climates. And I say interesting because like Wisconsin, uh, you know, I still don't know why my, my countrymen grow grapes the way that they do because this is a rough place to grow fruit if it's not hardened to the weather, kind of like cherries are, which is what Traverse City Whiskey Company is really known for uh, you know, on the fruit spectrum, but Hey, if there's a, you know, if there's a winery, uh, making a cab style grape and it's not Cabernet Sauvignon, it's basically going to be Cabernet Franc. So that is what we got. It's kind of cool that it comes from Michigan. I don't know the producer. I didn't Google it ahead of time and I'm not about to Google it now, but if you had a Cabernet Franc and you loved it in Michigan, tell us in the comments because I would love to know. Yeah. By all means, please tell me what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, okay. So have you dug into this at all yet? No, I am. Uh, I've been digging. I've been dabbling. I, I believe you are. I'm pouring it right now. So what are you? Okay. What are you thinking, my man? Well, so right off the bat, like I get this extremely familiar rye punch, that 100% rye coming straight through. It jumps right out. It's very bright, and I have to dig a little bit to get much further than that. But when I do, like there's like this background essence of red fruit. There's, there's still, there's like a lot of spiciness coming off. It's kind of hard to dissect out some of the, uh, I'm having a hard time teasing out a lot of cab franc out of this, put it that way. I am with you. This is a hundred percent rye, but overall I'd say it's 99% rye and 1% wine flavor. Ooh, that's a spicy boy. And this yeah. is still, it hits we're dipping spice. back down. In ABV, this is 48.75. What is the age on this? I missed that if you said it. It's, it's a five-year. It's a five-year. Yeah, so is, these are all five-year whiskeys. This is tough for me. This is easily the the punchiest of the three. And I, if one was to work on paper the most, I would think that it's rye and, and this, these big, bold red wines. But I think I have to give the nod back to the port. Like, this is just... It's hot and it's a little bit young in the palate. And and the finish, I'll commend it. There is a finish. It it's quite long. It's also quite um quite powerful. There's a lot of rice spice and very little cab franc here. Yeah, a lot of rice spice, a little bit of winterberry. But man, man, it's also got like this kind of tannic, not like bite, but like bitterness that hangs on there a little bit too. It does. It's actually I don't dislike that because you know that i like well tannic everything but i think that this is man i would just wonder why i mean and i'm sure that they must have tried this every different way possible but i just feel like the extremely light cab finish and the very punch you in the olfactory sherry finish what if they had just swapped places and we used that like spice from this rye because it is very very spicy rye which i dig mm -hmm. maybe that would have like offset that incredibly like cloying sherry a little bit more and uh, who knows maybe like they were just totally 
disjointed, but I feel like the sherry finish came out fairly disjointed anyway. So like, what's the best bad situation for that sherry? I don't know. I think it's really interesting because I just went to my bottle to check and I was like, well, my suspicion is that the sherry and the port were seasoned barrels and the Cab Franc wasn't, but that was a uh, a misstep on my part. This one says it's seasoned casks as well. So uh. it's also kind of interesting because you think if they were just right down the road, like an hour or two, you'd get like a pretty fresh cask. Like typically the reason you need to rehydrate your cask is because they've been shipped over from a foreign country and it's right. taken a while and they've dried out. But like, if you're getting a cab cask from right there in Michigan, I think it'd be pretty fresh. So I don't know if it's just that language is on all three labels, but it's clear to me how wet each of these barrels were. And they soaked these sherry barrels and port barrels. And the cab franc feels the most natural of the free finishes. But comparing it to the other two, it also seems the most meek by far. Yeah, I think the base spirit stands well on its own there. And it sounds like for you, maybe that's not the most ideal scenario, but like, this is sort of the, uh, like the three bears scenario, right? Where we've got yeah, to this, to that. And then right in the middle, like this one's too sweet. This one's too spicy. This is just right. Like you kind of get a little bit more balanced that way. Um, I mean, these are also priced great. They're like 59 99. So I feel like it's not oh, nice. out of the realm of capabilities for the like fairly standard, whiskey buyer to go out there and try one and then a few weeks later try another one and then try another one like these these are attainable i feel like in that respect so that's cool i like to see that i would also love to see if these were offered up in like a like the last time they had a finished series that we tried they were in 200 mil bottles in a three pack that you could just buy like all together and i thought that was fucking brilliant i would love to see something like this offered in that format and i, I could think, not agree more yeah i think they're getting there and they get it and they also have their own like tasting rooms that you can like go check stuff out at so i feel like there's probably like a you know great room for like a little whiskey flight board where you try all of these and then you tell jay and i like no we tried the sherry and it wasn't like crazy and sweet and you guys are stupid and fat but like if you also <laughs> go back and then listen to this and then try them let us know where we line up on that because i'm very curious you're right. I forgot that they had done this before. And I, I felt like we had just gotten small bottles with handwritten labels. And I thought that they were distillery exclusives at that time. It's entirely possible. I'm I'm not going to pretend that I can totally remember the specifics of it. I just remember that they were a smaller right. format and packed together. Maybe oh, yeah. they weren't offered that weight in retail. I mean, but I, I love it. What a brilliant idea. And And that's a drum that we've kind of beat for years now. Is like, this is a cool idea. And... You know, it's cool for people who are, are ready to go out and spend $60, $60, $60. But this is also a cool experience to be like, hey, we're trying something totally new. Let's put them in small bottles. Maybe make the whole set 60 bucks, or uh, you pay a premium, call it 75 um, to try all three. And I think a lot of people will go for that because a lot of the fun in drinking whiskey is trying something new, even if it doesn't become your new favorite. And like, oh, totally. All three of these were a total trip, whether it was the fact that it was like mousetrap with like, interesting labeling or if it was just because we had kind of no idea what was going on switching back bourbon rye but like overall it, this is a very cool experiment and for people not to like go too deep a tangent but like people always come up to me and are like i can't drink whiskey like i'm not good at tasting notes and i'm and i tell them like if i put two whiskeys in front of you i guarantee you could tell me which one you like and don't like and i guarantee you could tell me why and that to me is drinking whiskey and this is a perfect option like build your own flight and learn what you like and don't like it's pretty cool. 
to expand on that just a little bit. I feel like these actually would be great. And, uh, there's no way that I could say this, so it's not going to sound a little bit pompous or stupid, but these would be great training whiskeys for that person who feels like I'm in a position where I like whiskey and I'm excited about bourbon, rye, or right. like whatever else. I'm excited about this. I want to dig in. I lack confidence in putting down tasting notes. Like I don't have the desire to like put together a review website, but I mm -hmm. like to try different stuff. This is like the perfect thing for that type of drinker. Like get these, get together with two or three friends or 30 friends, whatever, however many friends you have and pour these out and try them and then just talk about them. It doesn't have to be like, this tastes like mangoes or this tastes like peach cobbler. Like just get together and say, I don't like this. And then drill down. What don't you like about it? There must be something in there that's turning you away. Is it to this or to that or not enough this or that? And then when you start to drill into each little piece like that, before you know it, you're like, oh, actually, you know, I think this tastes like green apple or something. And then boom, right there you are buying the bourbonfinder.com from me and I don't have to worry about writing them up anymore. It's simple. <laughs> this is very, very nice. This is a dinner party in a box. That's a great idea and a really great insight. Um, you know, get five friends together. That's six people total. Buy all three of these bottles. That's 30 bucks a head. And then bam, you have a complete night of tasting whiskey with your buds. Uh, and this is cool because you can grab them all in the same place. And, and for as much as it sounds like, you know, John and I aren't really ripping on the product. Like, yeah, the labeling is confusing and the wine is a little heavy handed, but this is certainly far from, you know, bad whiskey and bad from some of the other things that we've subjected ourselves to in years of tasting. And so this is a really cool opportunity. If you've wondered like, hey, how much, you know, impact does a wine barrel truly have? And maybe you've tried like maybe, what is it, Angel's Envy bourbon once and thought that's too sweet. Like these are definitely not big and too sweet. These have that nice bump of age. They have that nice bump and proof. Like these would be three great bottles to put down in front of six different people and see where you guys agree and disagree. And it'd be a cool kind of just dinner party in a box. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I'd also like to try these in conveniently enough, the reverse order that we try them in tonight. Because we sort of originally, I wanted to do these in order of proof, but then we looked at the information, realized that one of these is a rye and that they're two different bourbon recipes. So like maybe we just like split them off. So we did the two bourbons and then the rye. I think if we did these the exact opposite order, we may, I don't think have different results, but we may prefer the experience to this. Because if we start with the spicy cab, that is the rye and then move into the port, which is sort of, I feel like the, uh, the Goldilocks zone there is like right in the middle. Yeah. And then that last like big punch of sherry after who knows, it might be an exercise in futility. It may not, but it'd just be fun either way. And I mean, we have the liquid here, so maybe next time uh, I'll try one of those out in a different way and we'll see. Yeah, that would be a fun episode. We'll come back in a couple and do the whiskey readers podcast in reverse. <laughs> Uno reverse motherfucker. Yeah. yeah, Traverse City is probably going to send us a reverse card anyways and be like, ah. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get a reverse. All right. <laughs> but that's what it's all about. And and you guys know, like, thank you because Traverse City did send these to us. Um, they're not a sponsor of this episode. No money changed hands. We get to talk about this however we like. Um, it's cool stuff. We always love to see brands. Uh, we always like to see them innovate. We like to see them try new things. We like to see them try things that are local and cool. So there's a lot of local flavor here. But uh, work on that labeling, guys. Make it a little bit easier for people. Because like John and I, That's I'll call us experts. Boy, yeah. it, you know, we're experts. 
we spent a lot of time trying to prepare for this episode and like figure out what is in the bottle. And I guarantee if John and I are having troubles and we need to go chase down the press release to figure out what is in the bottle, um, that's frustrating. So that's just a good takeaway point. Yeah. A good labeling is always a win for brands. Yeah, transparency always helps. Let us know where it's distilled. It doesn't matter to me like the, you know, where it was produced or whatnot. Like just give me where it was distilled. I don't care right. if it's sourced or not. Tell me exactly what's in the bottle and then I will be a very happy consumer. I, I'm like, I'm going to try everything anyway. And I feel like you're more energetic whiskey buyer who is going to try a three pack sort of thing or a three release sort of uh, launched product is going to like want to drill into all of these. So let's just give all the information, make it make it just that much easier for your consumer. Right. And honestly, make it easier for them to enjoy. Like every moment we spent trying to figure out what this was was one less moment of drinking whiskey that's what it's all about true all right i'm with you cool well that's a good takeaway i think this has been a a triple barrel tangle to say the least all right guys well this was a cool triple barrel tangle of sorts lots of interesting whiskey here if you're looking for more from john you can find him at the bourbonfinder.com i know he'll have pizzas up on these uh fairly soon um, and as always, I am Take from WhiskeyRaiders.com as well. I will have reviews up as quickly as I can. This has been another awesome episode of the Whiskey Raiders podcast, and we hope to see you in the next one. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers.